Sunday Sports Sound Off is presented by Window Works. The time to talk Tennessee football is now. It's Sunday Sports Sound Off, the longest running talk show in the state of Tennessee with Tim Irwin and your host, Jimmy Hines. Call in now at 656 9900 or 866 656 9900. Sunday Sports Sound Off, sponsored by Safety Systems, Lexus of Knoxville, ANLRV, your East Tennessee Volunteer Toyota Dealers, TVA, Wow Cable Internet and Phone, Window Works, Rusty Wallace Kia on Callahan, Salsaritas, Fox 43 Sports, National OT Clinic, and Kimball's Jewelers. Now, here's your host, Jimmy Hines. On a Friday night, the Tennessee defensive staff gathered the players together, asked the three seniors, what does it mean to beat South Carolina? Well, they found out. Tennessee had lost to them three times in a row, not this time. Tennessee 41, South Carolina 21 as the Tennessee defense pitches a second-half shutout. Welcome to Sunday Sports Soundoff. I'm Jimmy Himes, along with Tim Irwin, former star at Central High School, the University of Tennessee, and the Minnesota Vikings. Tim, that was a complete game victory for Tennessee. They got production on offense, defense, and special teams. They sure did. Um, you stole my thunder a little bit when you said special teams. Wow. Two huge special teams plays really turned that game around. Would have been a close uh, uh, slugfest except for those. I thought uh, Tennessee played great. They had a big letdown the last five minutes of the first half and really kind of to start the second half a little bit. There was a I don't know what's what goes on sometimes before the half, but that hadn't been our strong suit. Um, I was thrilled with the effort, thrilled with the play of our linebackers. It was nice to have both those young men on the field at the same time, the senior and the freshman out there getting it done. I mean, they looked like they looked like Tennessee linebackers. That fired me up. I was really proud of our offensive line. We had our two freshmen both go down. We had guys fill in and manage to get it done. I was proud of the whole team. I was glad to see Tennessee finally beat Will Muschamp. Um, it was just a thrilling victory. is one we very much needed. And that might have been what it came down to. I think we needed it more than they did. Yeah, Tennessee had um, had lost three in a row to South Carolina. had lost seven in a row to Muschamp and not beaten him before. But they got it done. Tim, one of the things, too, it started off rather ominous for the Vols, a 75-yard touchdown pass on the first play. But as Jeremy Pruitt said, the, the team didn't blink. No, they didn't. They kept uh, kept coming. And it didn't seem to matter too much who was in there at quarterback. Uh, what One thing that was really strange about a hard-hitting game like that, you had two big special teams plays, but you really didn't have any turnovers other than that. And that was an unusual uh Unusual feature in a hard-hitting game like that. Usually somebody would cough it up, but nobody did. Let's talk about the quarterback situation. So Brian Maurer, after having concussions in consecutive games, does not play. He warmed up. He was on the sideline, didn't play. The starter was Juwan Jennings in the Wildcat package. They then went to J.T. Shrout. They then went to Jarrett Garantano. And what was stunning to me was when you looked at it, Tennessee threw for 351 yards in that game with these three different quarterbacks. Now, Jennings had a completion wiped out, but I was I was really stunned at how many yards Tennessee passed for. I was too, and I will say this. We've got two very elite receivers. There's only one player in the SEC 
right now that I would swap Juwan Jennings for, and he's going to be a first, a top five draft pick anyway, and that's Judy at Alabama. Yeah, that's the only person I would consider trading, and I really like Juwan Jennings' heart and fire. And then Callaway is world class too. I think Callaway is capable of running back a punt just about any time. He still has to catch more of them. I pointed that out last week. He lets too many balls hit the ground. And uh, we got to do a better job on that. I guess if anybody's listening out there, my theory is put two guys back. But, uh, no, that was a big, certainly a big play, uh, well-blocked play that he broke for the touchdown on the punt return. And then that was a great block, scoop, and score by Batuli. I mean, how many tackles did he end up with? He had 15 at one time, I know. That's what it was. He ended up with 15. Mm-hmm. I mean, what an effort. He he played like a warrior. And, and uh, him and Toa back in there at the same time, wow. How do you get ready for that? And the defensive line got after it pretty well, too. Um, South Carolina's, I mean, the commentators – Stinchcomb, in particular, was talking about how South Carolina's defensive line he thinks might be better than Alabama's. I think he said that because they beat Georgia. But uh, Tennessee handled them. Mm -hmm. At least uh, I don't think they overpowered them, but they handled them, and I was proud of that too. Yeah, Tennessee ended up running for 134 yards, averaged 3.5 yards a carry. That includes the sacks. If you just go with what the running backs did, Ty Chandler averaged 4.9 yards per carry. Jennings, 3.6 in the Wildcat. Tim Jordan was only at 2.1. He had the big game against Alabama, not so much against South Carolina. But, yeah, and then uh, and I thought Tennessee's pass protection held up, for the most part, pretty well. So, uh, they did. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, I'll go in and uh, go over my thumbs up. We've got quite a few of them here. Jared Garantano, after he screwed up at Alabama, apologized to the team on Sunday, 11 for 19, 229 yards, two touchdowns, he hurt his wrist on a touchdown pass. He missed the last 23 minutes of the game. But it was funny, after the game, he was asked, well, who did you seek advice from? He said, I got plenty of advice on uh, Twitter. <laughs> Some of those comments were he probably he didn't not get any. He yeah. didn't get any from me. <laughs> but uh, anyway, he was. Uh, said that tongue-in-cheek, obviously. Yeah. Uh, J.T. Shrout, 7 out of 11, 122 yards, touchdown. No turnovers. I I thought Tim he did a he did a nice job. Yeah, he looked good in there. I thought he he threw some nice balls and got rid of the ball on time. And uh, I was pleased with our quarterback play. Maybe uh, the pressure uh, of starting, maybe not starting for a second or two helped helped Jared. I don't know. I I don't. But uh, I thought they all performed pretty well. Juwan Jennings, seven catches, 174 yards, two touchdowns, an untold number of broken tackles. Uh, after the game, the players were just raving about him, uh, talking about how he's a dog, he showed out, what a tremendous performance it was, and how they feed off of his energy. Um, that guy, he to me, he's an NFL receiver. He is, too. I don't know what he runs. I don't, I don't know mean, how fast they can get him, yeah. and that's going to keep him from being one of those top picks. But, man, in the – Second day, if he's out there, I'm taking him with my first pick. Uh, he's, it, once those once those elite speed guys get going. As your former Minnesota Vikings teammate Fouad Reves said, Chris Carter wouldn't have burned her either. No. No, he certainly was not. He catches the tough balls over the middle. He goes up and gets the 
50-50 balls and comes down with them every time. He he gets yards after the catch. He likes it, and that's very evident. Daniel Batuli, thumbs up. Block punt for a touchdown, 15 tackles, had a couple of goal line tackles that were pretty impressive as well. Daryl Taylor, two sacks, two passes broken up. He got in the way of a couple of passes that he tipped. Second half, pitched a shutout. Tennessee held South Carolina without a, a point. And 0 for 9 on third down conversions for South Carolina in that second half. I thought also overcoming the 75-yard touchdown pass on the, pass on the first play of the game. Marquez Callaway, he scores on a 65-yard punt return, a 55-yard reception. Ty Chandler was Tennessee's best back last night. He had 16 carries, 78 yards. Also, uh, it was the most points Tennessee has scored in an SEC game, 41, since they scored 63 against Missouri in November of 2016. Thumbs up to the overall defense in terms of three sacks, five tackles for loss, five quarterback curries, seven passes broken up. And splash plays. Now, I know that by definition, a splash, a splash play by Tennessee is a 20-yard gain, but I moved it to 19. They had nine of them. They had plays of 55, 48, 48, 37, 27, 26, 22, 19, and 19 yards. That's an awful lot of big plays in the game. One of the things that got us back started in the second half when things weren't going well we made some huge third downs in that ball game, Jimmy. Third and nine, third and ten. And some of those were the splash plays that you're talking about. Uh, I was just uh, – I was very fired up about our pass rush. I was very fired up about our pass protection. I saw a couple of moves out there. That one move Taylor put on that young right tackle. I mean, that was where he took him upfield and came back underneath. That's just That just gives offensive tackles nightmares. And then – I'm not sure it was one of our young guys, and I don't know who it was, but he made one of the best spin moves I have ever seen in my life. He did it so quick, and it was near the end of the game, and it was a sack. Was it uh, Kevon Bennett? It was Bennett. That was a yeah. beautiful, yeah, a beautiful spin move. I mean, it was. That's Cornelius' son, by the way. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. I mm-hmm. learned something. I played against his dad. So. Yeah. Yeah, biscuit. Yeah. Yeah, I played against him in, at Alabama and at Buffalo. So, yeah, well, that that makes sense. Wow. Uh, he's looked a little short to be a defensive end. His dad was a little short to be a defensive end. But, uh, wow, what a nice move. Yeah, yeah. That, that was a nice play. The third down conversions, Tennessee converted on third and 11, third and 11, and third and 14 that's among some, their conversions. Yeah. Yeah, that's some of the ones I'm talking about. But it was a, it was a fun game to watch. It's fun to be a Tennessee fan. Should be fun to do this radio show this morning. All right, we've got a couple of thumbs down, not too many of them. 75-yard to- touchdown play to open the game by South Carolina. Also for Jameer Johnson, he came back. He had missed five games in a row, and he certainly looked rusty. He had three penalties against him. Two were accepted. Uh, also, uh, uh, the uh, Jeremy Pruitt penalty, uh, he apologized for it. He said it was his fault. He said that uh, if he had not gotten that penalty, maybe the defense would have held him. But he also said, I'm going to take up for my players. He got that penalty after Daryl Middleton was called for targeting on Alabama and ejected from the game. He, he so. argued at the wrong time. That was, <laughs> yeah. that was dead bang targeting, Jimmy. I mean, yeah. it's unfortunate. I don't think it was deliberate. It was on time. And I think you should get points for being on time because he was on time. He wasn't late. But he flat hit him right in the head with the crown of his helmet and – 
He knew when he did it. You yeah. could see his reaction when yeah. he saw that flag. Is like that wasn't yeah. the time to explode. That wasn't the yeah. time to show your frustration. Um, there were some other things that you had legit arguments about. The missed face mask was the most glaring error by the Ooh. officials. Yeah, yeah, they don't usually miss those when you turn them around like that. And I, the guy was standing right behind it, looking at it. I don't know who it was back there. He had a. He had a wrap on his left wrist. Whoever the official was, I think it was the, um, I think it was the umpire, the guy from the. the I back. saw a guy with a white hat that was looking right at it. Yeah, somebody back there. It. Yeah, was, the head official. Yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, uh, we'll take it. It was great. It was. Uh, it was fun to be a Tennessee fan yesterday. One other thumbs down. Uh, this is the fourth game in a row that a Tennessee quarterback. Has had to leave the game. Mauer three in a row, and now Garantano. Garantano has a left wrist injury. He had what looked to be a soft cast on that left wrist. Said he's okay, but that's that's four games in a row that a quarterback yeah, is uh, not finished. Uh, we've had some fragility back there. <laughs> is that a word? We've been fragile anyway. Kind of remind me of that Christmas story. Yeah, the fragility. <laughs> fragile. Fragile. Um, yeah, that, that was, uh, that, that was kind of a blow, but, but again, a, a great win for Tennessee as they beat South Carolina 41, 21, it keeps the bowl talk discussion going. And in fact, it was interesting without people, well, not all the time, but with, with, without being prompted, some of the players talked about, Hey, our goal is a bowl. We want to get there. That means they've got to finish strong. You got to get to six and six to do that. That means they got to win three of their last four, but they they seem motivated by that. We'll see. Let's uh let's go ahead and work in our first caller, and that's Dennis, who's been waiting patiently. Dennis, you're on Sunday Sports Sound Off. Hey, good good morning, Jimmy and Tim. Love y'all show, and you two are definitely worth more money. But uh, I agree. What I was going to go, <laughs> go, go to about is uh, Juwan Jennings and. And, Jimmy, I, I know you've changed some about what you thought at first that, that happened with him, but it was during Butch Jones' era. When I see Butch Jones having the fans light up cigars and all that stuff, it makes me turn towards the one. But it was wrong what he done. But I am so glad. He came back and you under, he came back and talked to Pruitt and Fulmer, and, and they decided, to, and I'm so glad they did. I mean, last night when he ran that one touchdown, he was going for that end zone. I was sitting right there where he come in close, and uh, he was not going to be denied that touchdown. And on the sideline, Jimmy, Tim, he was he was like a coach. I was watching him on the sideline. He was getting guys fired up. Now, he he has became a leader. And like you said, now, this was a whole team effort. Now, I mean, I, mean, I know none of us are going on about one, but as you and uh, Tim related to, this was a whole team effort. I mean, there's a lot of praise to go around. But Jawan last night, I'm so proud of from where he's came that he wants to be at Tennessee. He has to come back at Tennessee. And and the way he was fired up and, and, and trying to get the – helping the players, uh, encouraging them, I saw it on the sideline. And I'm just so proud of him and uh, where he's came from. And I'm, I'm so glad he's at Tennessee. But still yet, I, I want to say that, that last night – as y'all said, it was very enjoyable to see a whole team game. I mean, many, many players excelling. And, and on the referees, now, Tim and Jimmy, I, I, I counted about five things that were obvious that were really bad. And 
you know, I know it's not good for fans, but when fans seem like that the referees are, what what have they got against him? Have they got something against us or something? That's what you begin to think. And they've had their little chant about them. But this was after a while of this just keep going on. And, and I mean, that's not good. I'm not saying I like it. But when you take a bunch of fans that feel like that the refs are just calling stuff and, and, and just against them, you're going to get that. And I didn't know if there's anything that our referees critique. Can, can they be critiqued and uh, – after games at the end of the year, if they, I mean, ever they called three touchdowns that were wrong, but uh, you know, and there's other things, penalties, fouls. It just seemed like they didn't want well, to call they, nothing against South yeah. Carolina. But now on the on the touchdowns, you said they got wrong. They ultimately they corrected them with replay, which is what replay yes. is for. Yes. To answer your question, exactly. yes, they are they are critiqued. They are graded okay. on every play. They're graded after every game. Sometimes their performance can affect whether that what assignment they get the next week. It can affect what assignment they might get postseason. It could affect whether or not they get any assignments next year because every year there are SEC officials that are not retained. And okay. we don't always know how many, but we know every year there are officials that aren't retained because of their lack of performance. Before right. we get uh, too deep in the officials, I mean, I'm sure we're going to spend a fair amount of time talking about the missed uh, face mask, a couple of missed holdings that were very obvious, the uh, interferences which seemed to be non-existent last night for some reason. I don't know how they couldn't call some of those plays interference. Uh, before we get to uh, dogging the officials and spend so much of the show, I think something else needs to be pointed out that we've overlooked. That was the finest edge tackling by Tennessee's defensive backs last night that I've seen in a long uh-huh. time. Very rarely exactly. do they get an extra step. They went down, and and oftentimes you're undermanned when you're out there. You weigh 200 pounds, and the guy you're tackling is weighing 230. I thought they did a great job tackling in space out on the edge. Not only did the linebackers have great days, we got to give Nigel Warrior and some of those guys, Nigel Warrior in particular showed up, but some of those guys back there, credit for making a lot of good open field tackles. That's the fourth quality game in a row from Nigel Warrior. Yeah, he's starting to look like that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He, he's uh, that, that four-star player he was out of high school. He's playing like that yeah. guy. Hey, Dennis, we appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank All right. When we come back, we will have more. Uh, if you want to join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. We're brought to you by Window Works. I'm Jimmy Himes, along with Tim Irwin. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. Well, you said it, his passion. You know, Juwan has passion for the game. He has passion for his teammates. He has passion for the University of Tennessee. Uh, He shows it every single day. What you see on Saturdays is what we see on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, He's consistent in the way he prepares, the way he practices, and it shows up on Saturday. So, um, you know, and I think sometimes that can be contagious. And you need guys like that. And Jawan has that way about him. That's Tennessee head coach Jeremy Pruitt talking about Jawan Jennings. Seven catches, 174 yards, two touchdowns. He also ran some from the Wildcat package as Tennessee defeats South Carolina 41-21. Vols get to 3-5, and five, still hoping for a bold bid. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. 
If you want to join us, 656-9900-1866-656-9900. Let's go to Jack. Good morning, Jack. Good morning. Uh, I appreciate you guys' show every every Sunday. But, uh, I was going to make a comment uh, about the team, how well they're playing together. <clears throat> Last night I saw uh, big old number 75, and I love this as a former offensive lineman. But one of the South Carolina players got kind of rough with one of our uh, wide receivers on the sideline. And uh, 75 ran over and uh, just picked the guy up. I mean, uh, the referee stepped in between them. But when, when you see stuff like that, uh, it, it really touches you because you know these guys are on the same page. They really care about each other. And it's been a, it's been a while since we've had – that kind of unity, I, I feel like, and it was it was really refreshing last night to see. That uh, that play is another case of ineptitude by an SEC official. That should have been a penalty. If the penalty on Tennessee's defensive end the week before was a penalty, that should have been two penalties last night. I mean, he was all in, all grinding the guy in the ground, and our offense that made me proud. As an offensive lineman, that's what you're supposed to do, protect your guys. And, yeah, he picked him up like a rag doll. Hey, Jack, let me say this. That's Jerome Carvin. He's fiery. And and Carvin, the first half of the season, didn't do much of anything. He was banged up a little bit, didn't play a lot. They put him into the lineup recently. He played well against Alabama. He played well in the half before that. He's playing some pretty good football. And and I think that only adds to this offensive line getting better and better. The way he's playing, Trey Smith is playing much better, playing at a really high level. Uh, so you, and Wanye Morris has played well. Now he, he moved from left tackle to right tackle. They moved him around a lot. Jameer Johnson's back. So this offensive line, Kennedy's playing pretty well at center. This offensive line is, is starting to gel and play pretty good football. But Carvin is a guy oh. that kind of has come out of nowhere and has played pretty well in the last um, 10 quarters. Oh, daggone, I saw, uh, I, I saw a play after that. Uh, he, he was 10 yards down the field, his running play. And, I mean, we were the other way, but he was just eating someone's lunch 10 yards down the field. And I just looked at my wife and I said, this team is absolutely – this football team is starting to remind me of last year's basketball team. It's just a bunch of kids that's pulling together – and even though they may be uh, talent-wise overpowered, uh, I can't even say that anymore because the talent we're showing is pretty good. But it's a really fun bunch to watch. I'd agree. Hey, Jack, we appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. What he just said, I wanted to talk to you about, Tim. When I watched that team last night, I didn't think I was looking at a team that was overwhelmed with talent. Now, South Carolina beat Georgia. South Carolina had a, a really good game against Florida. That's a pretty. That's a decent football team, but when I watched Tennessee last night, and I'm thinking I didn't see a whole lot of talent shortage. Yeah, maybe for a, an elite team, maybe for a ten win team, but that team looked like it had some talent last night. Talent wise, I don't think the game was too lopsided one way or the other. Jimmy, it was execution is what kept us in it, and some big special teams plays. But I got to say this too: we criticize them all the time. My hat's off to Pruitt and Chaney. I thought the coordinators on both sides of the football had really good nights. Uh, with the exception of the first play, I didn't see anybody running alone down the field. I uh, thought he had a really good uh, game back there with his defensive backs, understanding assignments. 
I thought Cheney was one step ahead of him all night, kept him off balance. The uh, commentators on TV pointed out how patient he was when he called a game. And I think there was some of that that was evident. But uh, he seems to know where to run the football, which is important. He doesn't try to bang it up the middle for two yards every every down. He runs a lot in the tackle hole. And I think the hole between the tackle and the tight end is the most vulnerable spot of the defense. I've thought that for years. And uh, What do you think it is? I, I think it's just hard for him to defend that edge out there. It's uh, back has multiple ways to go, but I like slashing in that hole. And Tennessee seems to as well on both sides of the offensive line. But I thought uh, I thought the big man had a nice game last night too. Let's go to Zach. Zach, you're on Sports Sound Off. Uh, Jennings for president, Senate Governor. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> that kid is uh, wedging himself into in Tennessee fans' hearts and uh, and everybody that's out there. But Jennings certainly is a leader. Uh, Judge, I like what you said when Jimmy talked about a lack of talent. Uh, it was all about execution and effort. Go back and watch the punt return, gentlemen. That was and uh, that was the thing. Callaway doesn't get. It was hey, you, I, I I about tore it up on my DVR. Every white. It wasn't that South Carolina wasn't down there. They were down there, but every white jersey had a big orange jersey in his face. Yeah, and it was just you said a thing, beauty. Good job, Bob Burrell, uh, not it, clipping on that play too. Yeah, but, uh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Not only that's the execution part of it. Uh, what I, and I almost forgot what I was going to talk about. I do now. Uh, coach, that face or Jimmy? I'm sorry, Judge. That face mask call. And I know I'm not going to get off on the referees big, but let's face it. It was so openly blatant. And what were the officials looking at when that guy had Austin Pope by the face mask? That's what I want to know. Now I know you thought I was talking about Jennings, but Judge. Jimmy, go back and watch it. And they see it right there on TV. It's clear as day. He's got his head turned around, Princeton fan. And the Austin Pope, who is an outstanding blocker, man, under underappreciated. He, the guy has him by the face mask, turning him around. Now, I promise you, I didn't dream it. Go back and watch it. Uh, but I want to ask you this. Judge, was the general's maxims on display in Neyland study mystery? This is a coached up football team have a good day boys okay. good good point i mean if you think about the game maxims we certainly hit a lot of them uh if at first the game or breaks go against you press harder they start with a score on the first play and we bear down uh win the kicking game we certainly did that two huge plays yeah i think uh i think um uh, when you play well, you do hit the general's maxims. He was a smart guy, and and uh, some of the things that he taught, some of the terms he used, Oski, uh, Riverside, where you turn the field around when somebody gets injured and you start practicing the other way, those are terms that are used throughout football. They used them in the NFL. And I would explain to the guys that they came from Tennessee and they'd look at me like I was crazy. Oh, that's been here forever. I said, yeah, but it came from Tennessee. Um in the pros even, but yeah, some of those game maxes, we hit almost all of them last night. I can't think of too many that we would have missed. When a turnover comes your way, score. Yeah. Daniel Batuli. Oh yeah. I mean, that was a, that was a thing of beauty. And it looked to me like we got close. We were, we saw something on their punts cause we went after more than usual. Yeah. We only had the return on about, we had about half the time we had a return on 
and the other times we had to block on. And I thought he kicked that ball slow also. And he's a boomer. He can punt it. Uh, but he outkicked his coverage, and you saw what happened on that one too. I just would have liked to have caught a few more punts. My only criticism, same criticism as last week, quit letting the ball hit the ground back there so much. One time it bounced 20 yards yeah. after hitting the ground. Yeah. So. All right, when we come back, we'll have more. We're brought to you by Window Works, family-owned, founded in East Tennessee with only American-made products. If you want to join us, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. With Tim Irwin, I'm Jimmy Himes. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. We feed off of Jawan, quarterback, running back, whatever play the offense can do, we feed off each other, man. And uh, Jawan showed his butt off today. Uh, he showed out, you know, and uh, we needed that from him and, and the rest of our team. And he, he plays a big role. Tennessee senior safety Nigel Warrior talking about how the team feeds off of Jawan Jennings and his injury. And we mentioned how Warriors played really good football last night, four games in a row. I want to. I think last night he had about 10 tackles as I try to check on this right quick. Uh, yeah, 10 tackles, six solo, four assists. And Nigel Warrior also had a tackle for loss during the course of the game. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Hans. Let's go back to the phones where our next caller is Don. Good morning, Don. Hey, guys. Hey, Don. Sure is a happier Sunday morning than uh, we've not had too many of this year, but look. Two out of the last three Sunday mornings have been quite pleasant. I wanted to uh, comment and ask your opinion on two different things. I'm going to get to Reggie Kenlaw and Trey Smith in a minute. But you talk, you know, a lot of them talk about the officials for the last couple of weeks, last night, obvious missed calls, but a lot of the non calls, obviously, like the face mask. But the textbook, my understanding, you can correct me. When Garantano got hurt, it was a textbook targeting. Didn't hit him in the head, led with the crown of his helmet, buried it right in his chest. And I've seen our players kicked out of games for the same hit. And nah, nothing. Officials standing right there when it happens. We've lost two quarterbacks in two weeks on plays that at the very least should have been roughing the passer, if not targeting. Well, Mao wasn't targeting on that play. Uh, you you can argue the I roughing, agree, but, but it, that that wasn't. But it should have been roughing. It yeah. should have been roughing. You, you could argue that. Last night, yeah. last night should have been both. Uh, Don, I got to confess to you, I I never saw a replay of that. I was looking at the ball. I didn't catch it. Tim, did you see that? It was on the touchdown pass. I thought um, the. Uh, I thought. Uh, I had in my mind there was one that was even later than that that wasn't called. But when you take two steps and deliver the blow, that's a late hit. And I think what's happening out there sometimes is we're so caught up in is it targeting or not that we're missing the obvious penalty of a late hit. You can have a late hit without a targeting. That's right. And I think we're letting I think we're letting guys get hit late because we're not wanting to call uh, targeting when it's not. And I think we're overlooking sometimes at the official. I think they're taking that two steps, and if they don't lead with the crown of their head or they don't hit them in the head, we're not calling anything when it's still a uh, roughing the passer penalty. And I thought that uh, that one was borderline, but I thought they got hit one more time uh, with two steps and a, and a launch that should have been called as a late hit, not well, targeting. If you go back and watch the play, and, Jimmy, I know you said you hadn't had a chance. I've watched it four or five times on, on the SEC 
highlights and stuff. I mean, he just lowered his head and buried it right into Garantano's chest, and I guess he's his hand. Yeah, I, I don't know if he broke his wrist or his hand or not. I don't know, but it sure looked like it could have been. Yeah, and he had a, uh, he had a uh, looked like a kind of a soft cast, which he wore to the press conference afterward. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know they Pruitt said he broke a bone in that hand, and he'd be having. He did surgery, say that. But, Yes, I didn't did. know that. Last night in the post game, yeah. He didn't now, tell us he, that in post game. Well, what was funny is he 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 said that, and Bob asked him, or somebody asked him, "What about will he be ready next week?" And he said, "Sure." <laughs> but uh, the one get to the um, you know coming into the game is all about that defensive line of South Carolina, and they got absolutely obliterated. Um, you know, Ken Law was of course the big the biggest of the names that people were talking about he done nothing and somebody i thought put a nice little quote on a message board afterwards said uh you know rich kenlaw uh, no sacks no didn't do this that and the other said let me introduce you to trey smith trey smith's playing like his old self mm-hmm. yeah and i'm so happy for him and i'm so glad to see that uh i hope his health stays good he loves the game he is rough and tough and He's everything I want my starting offensive lineman to be, and I'm just tickled to death to have him back and playing like Trey Smith again. Yeah, me too, and I hope his health holds up. I think he could be a, a a really high draft choice and have a good career if his health holds up. But right now, he's ever a, a fan of a different school uh, that goes to church with me. Uh, last year, said, "Boy, he what, what's all this hype about Trey Smith?" He looks horrible. I said, well, let's see. He's playing out of position, and he's lucky he even gets to play. And, of course, eventually he didn't last year. And I, I'm making it a point today to say, you remember that guy you said it was overhyped? Uh, what are you thinking about him this year? Especially since he, at that time he was sort of a South Carolina fan. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, to, uh, guys, I'll let you go get to somebody else. It's okay. a great day. Thanks, Don. I Appreciate went, it. I went to practice when Trey Smith first arrived, what, two full years ago, three years ago, and he looked like a man among boys as a freshman. The first thing I said, wow, who is that? And he just stoned people out there all day, good football players. And then he had the blood clot issue, and uh, it's taken him a while to get back. And if he's got that problem rectified, he'll be playing in the NFL. He is a quality football player. My, my understanding is what they're doing is that they put him on blood thinners like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday maybe. They take him off. He does some limited work on Thursday. And um, what they've done, though, is he, he – they changed a little bit of the Thursday routine to help him out a little bit, and he, he didn't really play that well against Georgia State earlier. But as he's gotten more into a routine, maybe knock some of the rust off, but what they're doing with him right now, he's playing at a high level. And I was told that they had patterned it after an NFL player, an offensive lineman who also had, had dealt with a blood clot. But that's kind of the routine that he's going through, and he is certainly playing at a very high level. In fact, on that ill-fated play in Alabama on the – Garantano checking to that quarterback sneak. When Trey Smith pulled, he obliterated that guy. Oh, he well, took him and drove him into the end zone and pancaked him. I don't want that pulling at me. <laughs> uh, 
I'm glad I retired before I ever had to face Khalil Mack, too. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, I'm afraid that Lewis kid at Alabama is going to be the next Khalil Mack coming out of uh, oh. coming out of college. He's a beast. I'm excited about some of the young guys and the way they perform, not just our older football players, but our seniors, I thought our big knockers really stepped up in this game, and I thought they played well the last couple of weeks. I also worry that so many of the guys that are playing well are upperclassmen too. I mean, Jennings, uh, Callaway, uh, Batuli, you know, I'm kind of at K- Kennedy at center. Yeah. So we got some big holes to fill next year, big yeah. holes to fill, and they're going to have to be filled with young guys. But uh, I was very pleased at the way those guys have stepped up and responded to the challenge. Yeah. Uh, by the way, and apparently Pruitt did a, did say during his uh, post-game radio interview that Garantano did suffer a broken bone in his left hand. It will require surgery today. And uh, team spokesman confirmed to the Knoxville News Sentinel it occurred on his non-throwing hand. It's unclear when he'll be able to return. Uh, it did occur, though, on the uh, touchdown pass. He did not return after that on that hit. So that's the latest on Garantano. Let's, uh, let's go back to the phones where David – is our next caller. Hello, morning, David. gentlemen. How are y'all doing this morning? Fine, David. It's a great win. It's good to see them. They played all 60 minutes, all four quarters. I just wondering, what recruits was at the game? I don't know all the recruits <clears throat> that were at the game. I, I think that uh, Tyler Barron from Catholic was at the game, but I, I don't know all of them. I, I will tell you this. Uh, so Tennessee got the three commits out of Memphis Whitehaven. All of them are linebackers. Uh, Tennessee is, uh-huh. is in on about five in-state players, and I think it's really important to get those uh, because I think that can help make this recruiting class really good. Uh, Jay Hardy at Chattanooga, the two kids out of Memphis, uh, Tom, uh, Morris and Thomas, uh, Tyler Barron, as we mentioned. Uh, there's a linebacker that plays at Brentwood. So there are, about, there are about five kids in the state that are important to this Tennessee class. We'll see if they can get them. Don't forget Cooper. Well, no, he's already, I know he's committed, but don't forget about him. Well, I mean, no, I'm not. I'm yeah. talking about uncommitted players. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very protective. <laughs> he used to be one of mine. I had him in the eighth grade. I'm, I'm looking out for my guys. I, I think he's solid, and I think, he'll, I think he'll be playing center very soon at the University of Tennessee. And I think, uh, uh, I think that – uh, friend and and uh, Cheney are going to get a good one there. I'm very excited about him. Anything else, David? I guess not. Uh, let's uh, ahead of a break. Let's work in Jared. Jared, you're on Sports Sound Off. Hey, good morning, fellas. Morning, morning. Uh, first of all, um, Jimmy, I'm sort of like you guys. I have to work about well every Saturday, so. I have to catch the, the games on DVRs when I get home. But um, I was lucky enough to actually get to go to the Mississippi State game. I called in sick. My brother called and said he had an extra ticket. And then I, we were two rows up behind the Mississippi State bench and ended up on national TV. Um, I think that's the only time in my life I've been happy that I worked with Kentucky fans. But uh, I wasn't going to comment on during that game, you know, you could about halfway through the third quarter, you could see the Mississippi State players, um, the bench, their offensive line, defensive line just looked wore out. They looked defeated. And then you have the Alabama game on the – I think our line sort of t- 
took it to them, man. It's just, watching this team from Georgia State to where we are now, how they progressed. They haven't given up on each other. The coaches haven't given up on the players and how they've come together. Um, you can see the culture changing. And as a Tennessee fan for my whole life, but especially the last decade, that's so good to see. It makes you so happy, you know. And uh, anyway, I just wanted to call in and, and say it, say that. And uh, I was proud of these boys, proud of Garantano or Garantano for not not quitting on his team, his team not quitting on him, and just the brotherhood that they have formed together. And uh, I'll listen to you and go Vols. Okay, thanks. Uh, Tim, there have been a number of players that have left the program, uh, more this year than the first year that Pruitt was there. But I think they've identified who wants to be a part of it and who doesn't, and I think what, you're, what you've got right now is a lot of players that have bought into Pruitt's program. There are people that leave Alabama's program. It means more to them to be a star than be part of a national championship. There are people that have left programs all over. It's, it's just a modern-day phenomenon. And there's not a lot of loyalty and commitment out there among your second and third teamers. They all want to go somewhere where they can play right now. I can I understand that a little bit, but uh, uh, it's nice to see when it works out for guys that stick around. It's nice to see uh, where it works out for them, and they, they come shining through when they're juniors and seniors like they're supposed to. That's Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. We're brought to you by Window Works. They offer vinyl and composite windows with many different color options. When we come back, we'll continue to take your phone calls. You're listening to Sunday Sports Sound Off. You know, Coach Cher and, and, and the guys that work in special teams, um, they've they done a phenomenal job. Our kids went and executed it. You know, I felt like last week we slipped a little bit. Uh, we had an opportunity to make some plays, and we didn't. It's the first time this year that we hadn't. Our players responded, um, and we've got to do that. We've got to do all the little things, all the details, okay, create the right habits in, in everything that we do, okay, so that we can be at our best. And our players did that. Our coaches done a nice job, and our kids executed today. Comments from Tennessee coach Jeremy Pruitt about the Vols special teams pointing out the two touchdowns, the punt return by Marquez Calloway, the block punt, and recovery in the end zone by Daniel Batuli. Welcome back to Sunday Sports Sound Off with Tim Irwin. I'm Jimmy Himes. Let's go right back to the phones where our next caller is Bill. Good morning, Bill. Hey, good morning. Thank you guys for getting me on. Yes, um, sir. As a, uh, as a resident of the state of South Carolina, it's going to be nice to uh, cherish this win for a year. I get, I get to uh, talk a little bit instead of listen to the, to the South Carolina fans talk like they usually do. Um, but uh, I just want to talk a little bit about a couple of things. One is the atmosphere last night was incredible. Um, I come up for about three to four games a year, and uh, I've sat through a lot of losses. I've sat through a lot of frustrating games over the last few years, and uh, to see the atmosphere actually for the Georgia game and for this game, um, just, just incredible. Last night there was a couple of instances where the ref was trying to reset the game clock, and uh, you couldn't hear him because the crowd was so loud. Um, I, I think one thing I want to ask you guys about was what 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 do you think that's going to do for recruiting when they see um, that type of atmosphere coming back to Neyland Stadium? 
Tim, what do you think? Well, I think it's going to help. I mean, anybody that wouldn't want to play in that kind of atmosphere, uh, something wrong with them. I mean, it's pretty hard to duplicate, although looking at it fairly, it's probably duplicated seven or eight times every weekend in the SEC. But uh, I thought our fans were great last night, and I thought our team gave us a lot to be great about. It was a it was a nice night, and if you were a recruit down there, it had to make an impression on you. Yeah, it helps when the home team gives the crowd reason to cheer. Sure, and they gave them a bunch of reasons. Yeah, there was some uh, yep. dramatic things happened in that game. It was fun. Yep, and um, I was very proud of the crowd as well. We got a little frustrated with the officials, and 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 they started the chant and everything. But for the most part, I mean, it was just about supporting the team and being loud and, and getting behind the team, and you could feel the energy. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit, and you guys already touched on a little bit, you're starting to see some of these players that have come in with, with a bunch of stars next to their name. You're starting to see them develop. And we haven't seen player development, real player development, I think, in a while. And I know Pruitt's caught a lot of flack because of the first couple of games of the year and, and you know, uh, the, the social media outcry, you know, Balls fans, and it's frustrating to watch on social media. But if you look at the the player development that you're starting to see from some of these players that that we expected it out of, it's kind of nice to see that. Yeah, and uh, and Tim was pointing out all the seniors that are playing well right now, and and you've also got some young guys that are coming on. I, I think the off, the young offensive linemen have gotten better. Uh, Henry Toto To'o can play; he's really good. Jalen McCullough is a guy that didn't play a lot early. And he's playing really well right now. So I think across the board you're seeing more players step up and play at a higher level. And and I mentioned this to Tim earlier. I, I didn't see a whole lot of talent deficiency about that team last night. They look pretty good to me. No. No. I think, uh, again, I think at the end of the year we got some big holes to fill. Uh, we're not at the end of the year yet, but we got to you know start thinking about we got a big hole to fill at center. We got some big holes to fill at receiver. We got a good senior linebacker that somebody's going to come in. Uh, how, how old's Taylor? Is he a senior or junior? Yes. Senior, losing our best edge rusher. Uh, we're losing Nigel Warriors turned into our best tackling defensive back. So we've got a lot of spots that uh, you know we've got to have somebody come up and produce. In but we are still a young team, the youngest in the. SEC probably maybe the youngest in the nation in the big schools, and uh, that's only gonna it's only gonna help us get better in the future. And the three seniors on defense that you allude to, Batuli, Taylor, and Warrior, are all playing really good football. Yeah, right they now. are. They're leading and by example. Yeah. Well, well, thank you guys for taking my call. I love okay. your show and great day to be involved. Appreciate. It. Thanks for the thanks for the call. Uh, and also, uh, you mentioned the receivers. That's going to be an issue. Look, Trey Smith may go. I wouldn't be surprised if he turns pro. So, I hope not. I hope not. I'd like to have him another year. But, uh, yeah, I try not to talk about that because I don't want to think about it. <laughs> but he's certainly had a, uh, a fantastic year, and I'm so happy for him. He's, uh, he's a guy that's got big-time skills with a nasty attitude, and I love him. Uh, and I think Tennessee fans do, and they should. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue to take your phone calls, 656-9900, 1-866-656-9900. This is Sunday Sports Sound Off. 